Welcome back to another edition of the Department of Conversation. Today's episode in part has been brought to you by our Patreon. If you have any interest in <laughs> any interest in supporting what we do and to helping us uh, do more of what we do, then you can be a financial support by heading to patreon.com forward slash the D-O-C-N-Z. Uh, we pay for all of this ourselves at the moment. We are always going to have an element of what we do which is out of our back pocket because there's not a lot of money in, in this uh, thing that we do. So if you appreciate what, what we do, and especially in this current climate, if you're realizing that actually, you know, media and media outlets and people doing things in the media, um, you know, need support and need uh, people alongside them. If you're a person that has the uh, possibility of doing that, then head to our Patreon and have a look what we're offering. We are going to do exclusive content for people who are our patrons. Uh, we are going to offer things like uh, call-in opportunities, maybe a call-in show, uh, and obviously chances to interact directly with us. Uh, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, all via patreon.com forward slash the D-O-C-N-Z. All righty, Kat McDowell is a musical artist who uh, has gone from New Zealand to Japan, now is based out of the United States of America, where she lives with her husband in Los Angeles. A uh, huge amount of fun having a catch up and a chat with Kat that we did for a good hour. Here you are. Enjoy Kat McDowell. And we are live. Yes, we are officially live with Kat McDowell from Los Angeles. Kat, hello. Hi. Kia ora. Kia ora from the homeland. Kia ora. Oh, man. I, um, it's... You know, when I, I hear Māori now and I feel like I missed, I've missed out on this whole decade or so of New Zealanders learning to speak Māori. Like, I yeah. don't understand any yeah. of it. Well, you were. <laughs> so, okay. So, let's let's take three steps backwards before we go ten steps forward. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, uh, you were born in Japan. Mm-hmm. Raised in New Zealand. Yes. Uh, I probably knew you, gosh, 15 years ago. Would that be about yes. right? Something yes. Something like that. That and, would be accurate. And you were uh, making it huge in the New Zealand music scene, and you decided <laughs> you decided to um, take your skills back to your country of birth and do music in Japan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But now you've obviously mm-hmm. smashed the world when it comes to Japan, because now you're based out of Los Angeles. I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's been crazy. I mean, you know, when I was like 13, I dreamed of coming to LA, and um. And then while I was living in Japan, it didn't even cross my mind to be here. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm here, and I've been here for six six years now. Is it that long in Los Angeles? Yeah. So that's now Time flies. That's now home because I don't know. For a while, I, I guess I was kind of under the impression, obviously wrongly, that you were sort of still based in Japan, but kind of traveling backwards and forwards. But you, mm-hmm. it's the other way around, is it? You're based in Los Angeles. Yeah, I've been based here for about six years, yeah. and um, and then went to Japan once or twice a year to tour. And then, mm-hmm. so so your music that you're playing now is it is it mostly in English, mostly in Japanese, a mixture of the two? You know, I would say it's roughly like ninety five percent English, five percent oh, okay. Japanese, maybe ninety percent English, ten percent Japanese. I know when you come back to New Zealand, there's often chances for you to do like you came back here for like an expo for a japanese expo or something like that does that happen is that must be a bigger market in los angeles like so for example hawaii is is uh heavily influenced by japanese people is there like yes. a, a market in la for for a japanese singer songwriter doing japanese music 
<laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because when I was living in Japan, I would often play, you know, I did I did a lot with the New Zealand embassy. Right. And and so I I would often play at like at New Zealand events um in Japan. And then you know there was one time the New Zealand embassy invited me to come and play at this thing that they told me was really important and I ended up playing performing for the print one of the princesses like one of the Japanese wow. princesses it was so crazy um but yeah so I was doing a lot to represent New Zealand in Japan and now that I'm here I'm representing Japan and New Zealand <laughs> here in uh, in California and now when I go back to Japan I represent California and New Zealand so I do find myself being invited to play at like California Day or like right. New Zealand events, and, right? And here I end up playing at, you know, Japan Day and things like that. And so. when when people find out that you're from New Zealand or you have an association with New Zealand, do they ask you about Still Flight of the Concords and Taika Waititi? Are they the two big questions, or is Flight of the Concords you know, a bit sort of last decade now? Yeah, maybe people haven't been asking me about Flight of the Concords as much. Um, Taika Waititi, yeah, I. No, no one's really asked me about him yet. Okay. Maybe people have just kind of used to, I mean, people in LA are just so used to people from all over the place. And so I don't get too many references these days. They're oh, just nice. more like, oh, uh, they hear the, the, the slight New Zealand twang that I still kind of have. I know I don't really have much anymore. And they're like, oh, girl, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> And then when I say Japan, they just look at me really confused because I know that for people who are listening, they can't see me right now. But I look very white. I don't look Japanese at all. <laughs> so, so you know, they listen to my accent, and then if I say Japan, they're like, "What? No, what? What?" And so I say, "So I say New Zealand." So, so yeah, I was gonna say. So is that what you do? Someone says, "Where you're from?" Do you associate? Do you say? New Zealand by way of Japan through to Los Angeles or? So it depends on if I want to keep the conversation short or long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I want to keep it short, I'll just say New Zealand because that's where the accent is from, obviously. And usually go, oh, that's so nice. I so want to go to New Zealand one day. Or, yeah. oh, I went to New Zealand for my honeymoon. Or, you know, I hear things like that. Um, or if I really want feel like confusing people that day, I'll I'll tell them I'm from Japan. <laughs> it, seem, it seems that the, a lot of the world wants to come to New Zealand at the moment. Did you? Oh have, yeah. <laughs> did you have any? Did you have any thoughts yourself about sort of um, packing up and coming back here during this current crisis? Did it go through the? Did you have to think about it? Well, you know, I didn't. But my parents, who are in New Zealand, have uh, you know, almost every day before New Zealand shut its borders, they mm. were like, so uh, you know. Do you want to come back? Uh, you should really come back. Did you know they're going to close the border soon? Here's the last chance, you know. <laughs> but um, but I don't know. I just feel like it's it's there were so many people traveling all over the world, and it's not like I'm a tourist or visitor here. So it felt like yeah. the the safest thing for everyone would be for me to just stay where I am because what if I was infected and I took it back to New Zealand? Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't. It didn't make sense for me to go back. Uh, at least at this point in time. And what is life like in Los Angeles? I mean, we're getting, you know, Trump's daily uh, soap opera updates over here. <laughs> but actually, and obviously, uh, different states are doing different things. You're in California. Yeah. California mm -hmm. seems to be one of those states who are doing, you know, m more of a, you know, isolate yourself, social distance if you can. How How is it going for you at the moment? And how's it feeling like in your neighborhood? I'm really quiet. Um, 
we, you know, there's less fire trucks and stuff too. Obviously, there's probably less accidents, mm. which is great. Uh, but it's very quiet. There's, I'm so used to a lot of traffic noise. The skies are really clear, which is beautiful because LA does have a lot of smog from a lot of traffic. Yeah. Um, and we really don't go out much. I was really sad that they closed the beaches because right. I do love surfing. <laughs> and I, and take, you know, I've, when, when this first started happening, I was looking it up and going, can you catch viruses from salt water? And, and, and at the time, the people were still surfing, but it was raining a lot. And right. in California, when it rains, because it doesn't rain very often, you don't really want to go. You don't want to go in the water right after the rain. There's a lot of runoff. <laughs> it's pretty gross out there. Right. So I was waiting for the rain to settle. And then uh, the week that I was going to go get out there again, they were like they closed all the beaches and i think there was a surfer out there i mean he, he deserved it because he swore at the lifeguard and told him to get out of the water but he got fined a thousand dollars for going surfing <laughs> yeah well i think you first you you was typically what would happen is i think you get a warning yep. then you get fined a hundred dollars then you get fined two hundred dollars etc so he was, he, was think, a, he was a repeat offender he, well, a it was just the, it was the very offender. first day, but right. I think the um, the the lifeguard said, "Hey, you know, you should get out of the water." And then the, the and then the surfer was like, "F you! What are you going to do about it?" And and there was a policeman right there who was like, "He's not going to do anything about it. I'm going to do something about oh. it." So, yeah. Are you finding? I was having a chat with someone the other day about, you know, the protests and stuff that are going on in America. I said one of the things about America though is. Uh, actually, I was talking with a New Zealand comedian who's currently living in New York. We did a podcast with him. And the point wow. he made, which was, I think, good to say sort of publicly, is he sort of thinks about America a bit more like it's more comparable to the UN. Uh, not the UN, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, the UN. No. Europe. Anyway, I'll call it Europe. Europe? Yeah, because it's 50 individual states, yeah, like 50 individual countries, with a governing mm -hmm. body over the top which yeah. is the federal government, which is like the, mm -hmm. the EU, I guess that's what I was thinking, not the UN, the EU. Yeah. Um, like the EU is the governing body over the, over the top. So much yeah. like countries in Europe are having different rules and situations, so are the states in America. But we look at it as one big group, and I think that's problematic to some of the news that comes out. So we see mm -hmm. these protests from people who don't want to be socially distanced, but in a population of 340 million people, it's easy to find pockets of 50 people here, 100 people there, 1,000 people there, and make it look representative. Yeah. And it's not totally. and yeah. it's not necessarily. So what I was going to ask you is, is that a big vibe at the moment, the kind of protests against the shutdown, or is it a few isolated issues here and there and it's not representative? You know, uh, the last few days I just got um, burned out from the news. Right. So... I haven't paid enough attention <laughs> to know, except, you know, it's interesting being on Facebook because you have, or at least I like to have a variety of friends. Yep. So it's interesting when you see different things being shared by different friends and you know, I have a lot of Asian American friends. And so there are a lot of Asian Americans here who are struggling, um, just, or just scared because there's just so there's, you know, not, not so much, but there's a handful of, very racist people who are just very upset and looking for people to blame sure. and when you have a tribal mentality you know like someone's gonna blame then um then they'll blame anyone who looks chinese <laughs> but uh so there's, there's there's some people dealing with that and then and there's all, i don't know there's just so many 
so many opinions and so much going around and so much distrust, I think. Mm. Um, that's one thing I noticed as a New Zealander living, and, and even as someone who's lived in Japan and New Zealand living in in the US, is the political system is, is really different. For People are very, very passionate here um, to the point that it can be a little polarizing or, I don't know, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but the impression that I get is that there are a few extremes where it's like loyalty to party and yep. over all the different, you know, it's almost like they can't see, you know, the different issues or, you know, um, or if they do, they, they kind of are blind to it or they turn a blind eye to it. And so that's, that's just been an interesting thing to look, watch on as an outsider and someone who can't vote. Um, and someone who really hates to get into heated arguments. <laughs> so, I, I, I think as an outsider, though, looking in, you bring a perspective because I think that's what a lot of us see outside of America. We kind of go, you know, the classic example is, um, you know, Mr. Trump, President Trump, that all of a sudden all these people who were standing out know, like the evangelical right, so to speak, bless them, mm. but they were stand up for the family and were stand up for all these principles that mm. then he didn't seem to represent, but they mm. then all of a sudden picked him and supported him because of party like you're saying because it seems that party comes first which is which is kind of weird and especially in this climate i mean it, it doesn't even feel like country should come first but like as we sit here right now it almost feels like humanity should come first because mm -hmm. you know this is not uh, an arkansas problem or an american problem or a north american problem or a north Hem northern hemisphere problem it's a world issue and yeah. it feels like we should just be thinking about you know, humanity is the outcome right now, not the election at the end of the year for both, I guess, America and New Zealand, not, you know, not winning points on are we right, are we wrong. We here in New Zealand have got a big decision coming today. Um, four o'clock this afternoon, New Zealand time, they're going to decide are we coming out of the lockdown or not. Yeah. And, um, you know, it seems that in this situation, uh, there's no correct, perfect answer. But if the governing bodies can get as much right as possible of what is right and get as little wrong as possible from bad decisions. That's about as good as we can hope. Hmm. So I, I kind of, there was a, there was a, a scientist that came out today saying, if New Zealand wants to eradicate this, we need to stay in lockdown for another two weeks. And hmm. I was like, I, I'd be okay with that. But I know that if that was the decision, the dissent will start to flow more readily because you know, for some reason, people want their McDonald's back. God knows why, but they do, you know. Is McDonald's the, closed? Yeah, everything. Everything's oh. closed, man. Like, there are no restaurants, there are no bars, there are no nothing open. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a, it's a proper, like, I've, yeah. I'm have i sitting in my bedroom, so I'm not in my studio. You Welcome to my bedroom. Um, so I can't <laughs> go to my studio, even though that's, like, just me and just in one room. Um, oh, and, wow, so you can't even, you can't, really? So you can't even get in the car? Well, no, the... Essential travel only. So I've, in the past four weeks, I've been in the car three times mm. and they were all two times, two, mm. two times and an, uh, two and a half times. Like I got in it once halfway through to give it a run a kilometer up the road and back just to turn over the engine. Um, mm. But only done things twice, which was go to a fresh fruit and veggie store twice. That's it. Mm. So that's the only time I've been in the car in four weeks. Uh, mm. Yeah. So that, and you that, can't even go to a studio even though nope, it's just you. No, 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 no. Can't wow. not allowed to essential travel only. And I get and so, then and level So would they they would stop you, they would pull you over? People have um, been getting pulled over. Um mm -hmm. but 
obviously there are cars on the road because you are allowed to go to the supermarket. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I'm allowed to go and get fresh fruit and veggies, but people have been pulled over. Easter weekend, the police were out mm. in force um, because people wanted to go to their batches and their cribs. And they were mm. like, no, nah, can't do that. So level four here was such a lockdown that um, they said you're basically only allowed in your neighborhood. If they go to level three, which signs are pointing towards, but as I said, I'd be okay to stay at level four. Um, but if they go to level three, they're saying you can, as long as you stay regionally, that's okay. So like right mm. now, I've got family in Auckland, I'm in Dunedin. If, oh, like my, my father turns 80 in May, so no, no way I can get to Auckland for that. Mm. And obviously there's no way he can have a party anyway because of the, the, the reduction in numbers. But mm. if we go from, if we go from four to three, level four to level three, mm. Things like drive-throughs and non-contact mm. shops can open again. Mm-hmm. So, so McDonald's, woo, for some people, will be open, but only drive-through. <laughs> yeah. um, and the advice, the advice now is basically you have to work from home unless you're an essential service. The advice for level three is, if you can work from home, ensure you do. Which mm. kind of means for me, I mean, I'm working now <laughs> this is my job sort of thing so i've unfortunately on some level kind of proven that i can work from home so that means mm. if it's level three for four Keep weeks I'm, I'm still here yeah but maybe not in my bedroom wow. i might i might build a space downstairs i think yeah well see that's that's new news for me i didn't realize it was that that strict uh here uh, um some restaurants as long as they could do no contact yeah uh, you know or social distancing so I've got takeout. I've we've been on lockdown for uh forty days. Wow. Maybe I don't know thirty five. It's it's definitely been over a month now. Yeah. And um and I think we've done takeout twice. It was both from the same place, <laughs> but they um you know they had masks. We now all have to wear masks. Right. I had still had a bunch from Japan. Right. <laughs> You know, in Japan, I wore masks all the time. Right. And and on planes, I always wore masks on the planes because the air gets so dry. Right. So it was just great. It, it was like a humidifier, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so anyway, so everyone wears masks. And uh, yeah, and then the the restaurants that can kind of do takeout, still do takeout. But it's tried, try to be contactless. So no cash, like they have a little card thing out. And it's outside. So at the door entrance to the shop, they have a table out and they have the takeout and so we pick it up and do the card thing and you're right from a distance so it sounds like our level three will be something akin to what yours is now i think so yeah like like i think yeah. they've said no face to face so i wouldn't be able to go into a bar and you know get a beer across the counter mm. but i could go yeah. to the supermarket and buy a half dozen beers from the from the liquor department and the and the thing so yeah s- still some restrictions yeah. i heard someone call it the other day level 3.9 Level three is really level 3.9 and level yeah. four because it feels like lots of the restrictions are still um, very similar. Basically, it's yeah. it's, it's stay, stay in, inside if you can. You only leave the house mm. if you have to for work yeah. or w- for whatever. How about outside? Do people go on walks? Heaps. Heaps and heaps and okay. heaps and heaps. Like, so that's allowed. Because yeah. you kind of, I think people do need, still need to get sunshine. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you need sunshine, you need exercise because... We're trying to keep ourselves healthy, yep. right? So it's um, that's important. It, it, it appears that uh, every garden in New Zealand will have been uh, weeded and cut, and <laughs> well, it'll be the most beautiful. It's like you know the, the 
Christchurch is a garden city. We will be the garden country by the end of this because everyone's done all their weeds and all their trimming because they've been filling their time in. Uh, I live in a part of Dunedin that's quite flat. A lot of Dunedin is a bit like Wellington. It's quite hilly. Um, yeah. So out onto the main road, uh, yeah, heaps of people walking. It's funny, though, uh, people walking in the middle of the road with their dogs and, you know, just so they don't have to brush up against someone. So the social distancing yeah. thing here is well, what I've witnessed, which is, I guess, my, my neighbourhood because that's what we've been restricted to has been mm. quite um, noticeable. As I say, I, I my road out here goes down to a main road and you see people walking up the middle of the road, not on the footpath yeah. with their dogs. Uh, yeah. I went to the went for a walk yesterday, ended up at the dairy and got some, um, some bits and bobs, got some bread. And um, you're only allowed one person in the dairy at a time, so everyone else has to wait outside. Oh, wow. And okay. I was... Oh, walk- yeah, because the dairies are so tiny. Yeah, and I was walking yeah. back towards uh, my house and there was a elderly lady coming towards me with two little dogs so uh walked out on the road around the parked car and then back onto the footpath to let her walk through with her dog so yeah it's Mm. it's it's interesting because in saying all of that the government's just done a thousand kind of spot tests that went into supermarket car parks in queenstown and christchurch and i think waikato maybe auckland as well and every case came back uh as there there was no positives they're all negative so Mm. it also seems that perhaps you know, we've we're we're stumping it pretty well. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm I, I'm a bit of I'm conservative when it comes to risk. I think I'd rather stay an extra week and be 100 percent sure than come out a bit early. And I think I mean Japan was looking okay, for example, and then they got a bit of a takeoff. Singapore came out and they got a bit of a takeoff. So I'd rather just I'd rather nail it myself. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess it's just you know it's going to be really painful. Um, for especially for some people uh, and for a long time you know and and uh, I mean I'm I'm more of the belief that if we just nip it in the bud and have a a time short time of extreme which I really feel like New Zealand was able to do partly because of the location in the island um, and the population yeah and 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 it's great, and it's gonna also going to be really hard for New Zealand to now let people back in, for the same reason. Um, so New Zealand will probably have to isolate for a long time, which is going to be hard for the tourism industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. But thankfully, there's still a lot of you know dairy and a lot of exports. So. And we've got plenty of food to feed ourselves. So. Yes, that's great. But if so, you if you came back today, like if your parents said come back, and you were like, okay, it's time. Trump's gone mad. Let's go back. Um, and I know that we can't say that because you've probably got some fans who love Trump and bless them. It's just, it's just not my cup of tea. Um, um, you would be put into a hotel for two weeks yeah. to isolate. So that's the, yeah. that's what's happening now. So it means that for example, our professional sports teams, the Warriors, the rugby league team, um, are going to Australia. They're going to base themselves in Australia, uh, and to, to the, do their season. Cause if they don't, that means every time they came home, they'd have to isolate for two weeks in a hotel. So they're going offshore mm. to actually base themselves in uh, northern New South Wales for yeah. whatever the season's going to be, if it's going to be one. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think I think um, it's just a fascinating time. And I was watching uh, the news last night. Unlike yourself, I, 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 I typically take my news source intravenously. Both uh, world and American political news tends to go in intravenously. So I was watching the news yeah. last night and I saw a World Vision couple working in Afghanistan and mm. also the conversation talking about Africa and it hasn't really hit Africa yet and I'm like holy moly 
you know, the, when you talk about social distancing and they have maybe 10, uh, you know, 5, 10, 15 people living in a house and what did they say? They might have said Liberia has three ventilators in the whole yeah. country and yeah. some of these... And access to running water. Yeah. I mean, How do you wash your hands you if you haven't got access to, to running water? Yeah. And I just thought, it's, man, this it's it started in China and they had this spike and down and and I, you know, respectfully in America at the moment that seems to be ground zero, um, and it's going to keep going. And God help Africa is all I can say, because you saw what happened with Ebola there, as they didn't have the capacity to deal with that. This is this is going to be worse, and it's still to mm. come. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty horrific, and what a cheery thing to talk about, seeing how we haven't <laughs> talked for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. So what else? What what is so? What are you doing at the moment? You're singer songwriter ing, and you have a style. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should have set up like a little a little video to play here. Maybe I'll insert something afterwards and re-upload it. <laughs> um, yeah. And is this your your? You said you're teaching as well. I said you said it to me before we came on board. Eh? What is your teaching? Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, you know, I so I have the, all these instruments behind me. This is where I teach from. Um, I teach ukulele. I teach guitar. Mm-hmm. I teach singing, songwriting, and um, now I have quite a quite a workload of of teaching, which is amazing. It's something that I love, and and um, and it's great because I've had so many years of doing it as a performer and as a songwriter and still am yeah um and so to be able to mentor people um from all ages uh to to do this i, I also teach at musicians institute in hollywood and so to be able to teach there too there's a lot of up and coming you know amazingly talented young musicians there that also get to mentor and and teach so that's really fun oh yeah i was just telling you i teach a youtube class and social media class there so there's a lot of a lot of things that I get to do, and then funnily enough, once uh, this once everyone went on lockdown, mm-hmm. um, I I also tour and play at colleges around the U.S. Right. So, um, so a lot of colleges book me, and sometimes my husband comes and we do a duo duo thing, and all of those gigs obviously got cancelled. I mean, I think I was supposed to be in Hawaii this weekend, <coughs> playing at Spam Jam. And that got cancelled. <laughs> sad, yeah. sad about that. We cancelled our Japan tour. I mean, we cancelled everything. Yeah. Um, and but then, then it just kind of hit me. I released a song recently called Thousand Paper Cranes," which was inspired by my grandma, who is Japanese, and um, she, she's the one who. My mother is not really creative with her hands or, or musical, but my mother's mother. Uh, loved to do things with her hands like origami and uh, loved to sing and so she had dementia for the last 10 years of her life but I would go uh, after watching a documentary called Alive Again I was so inspired um, by how music can bring people with Alzheimer's and dementia kind of back to life you know if you listen if you play them some music that they grew up listening to they kind of they come back to life and so it's like, oh, I want to go and sing with Grandma again. So I would go visit her. And she wouldn't know who I was. But I'd say, hey, let's sing, you know, an old Japanese song. Mm. And so I used to post these videos. So cute. These videos up to YouTube of me singing with my grandma. <laughs> In Japanese, these old school Japanese songs. And, um, and last year, she passed away at 96. And um, the day after she passed away, I had a writing session with my friend, Nitani Paris. And... 
And um, so I turned up at her house just bawling. And I was just like, oh, I need to, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Let's write a song about this. So I was just sharing about my, you know, what her house felt like. She lived in this 140-year-old Japanese house. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and then we wrote the song, Thousand Paper Cranes. So it's, uh, so I it already had the vision for the music video in my mind as soon as we wrote it. And it took a year almost to produce and make because we needed an old Japanese home and we needed, you know, lots of, we had to fold a whole team of people helped me fold a thousand or more paper grains. And, and it was, it was a big production, <laughs> the biggest thing I've ever had to do. So, uh, we created, we created this kind of, you know, scenes with me and my grandma when I was little. And um, and because we had, I just released the song "A Thousand Paper Cranes." This is going back to what I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I released the song "A Thousand Paper Cranes," uh, I thought, "Hey, why don't?" And we're all on lockdown. It's like, why don't we have a paper crane folding party on <laughs> YouTube? So, so I taught everyone how to fold paper cranes, and we folded paper cranes together as a part of a live stream. And then I thought this would be so wonderful if I could do this on Zoom, and if I could actually see everyone's creations yeah. and help people real time so then uh, then after all these shows started getting cancelled I said to my college agent I said hey I have this idea where I could maybe teach people how to fold stuff from zoom and he goes that's a great idea so he started pitching it to all of these colleges and they loved the idea so I've already started teaching these workshops at different colleges because they're all on lockdown and they're all studying yeah by themselves so it's just as a way to build community and learn a new skill and paper is accessible to everyone and so it's been really fun so now i'm teaching these workshops too it's keeping me pretty busy oh, and when you say you're teaching them are they like behind a paywall are they a master class where people pay a membership or what, what, how do you how do yeah. you what do you other, do you get financial from it or are you just doing it as a service the, well, the ones that I've done on my live stream for my fans have been just as a service. Yep. Let's do this. Yep. And I would still like to keep doing those. And um, But the colleges pay me to come. And it's an exclusive thing just for their students. Right. So as part of their campus activities, they hire me to to come virtually and teach them origami. So you kind of go, you you go, to their you sort of go behind the college paywall and into their in a sanctum of student network sort of thing, virtual network. That's yeah. too cool. And exclusive to them. So if, you know, if they have a, a college mascot or something and maybe I, or something from their city, maybe I can come up with something that, um, that they can fold or I've had requests for like, um, Pokemon. This ended up being too hard. This was my attempt at a Pikachu. It's pretty good. This was going to be way too hard to fold with them. So I, oh, I so chose an easier Pikachu. Right. So <laughs> and now, now people are like, you should do TikTok. So I've, I'm going to start a, an origami uh, TikTok. <laughs> that'll be, that could be massive. That'd be It could great. be really fun. Yeah. So, so, it's so, been f so as an artist, <laughs> are you, I don't mean to talk m m business, but it's where my brain goes. So. Mm -hmm. Do you look to build your fan base doing this kind of thing and then monetize that like with sales, album sales and concerts, or do you look to do this as something that can be its own little sort of side hustle on its own? Uh, you mean the origami thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the, the fact that people bring me out for workshops has become a side hustle that I didn't even dream of. Yeah. Uh, it didn't, it just it just happened two weeks ago and it's been so popular that 
I've already booked eight, and I've already done two. Man, and this was an idea that came ten days ago. <laughs> I'm um I, I'm talking to Susie Cato later this week. Um, yeah. You know, it's our time. Kia ora talofa. Because mm. New Zealand has started almost an educational television network. Yeah. Because yeah. then, like, kids can stay at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to tell her about, and she's involved, that she's, she's one of the people they went to. You oh, could totally amazing. You could totally do something like this, a little workshop or, mm-hmm. or something, and put it on, you know, as a segment. I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, a kids TV show with a segment learning how to fold something. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And some things like this box that I'm showing you, I mean, these are little practical things. I've yep. got, like, a pick holder box right now. It could be a gift box. So there are, like, these kind of really practical things to things that are just pretty. Like, these flowers are things that I think you might even find at Chinese restaurants, but they're made out of napkins, you know? Like, ah. there's just so many different cool things that you could do that is fun and and i have been thinking about how i can do this more for kids and in and you know um, some some people are like i would love to volunteer too you know um yeah, when yeah. It's time and and help out especially when it comes to kids because i feel like this is this is really important so i saw Just, i saw your paper crane one and that what that takes two minutes to make uh well you know or are you just very quick cranes? at it you might be very quick at it are you yeah, well, you know, paper cranes are the standard thing that most Jap- like most Japanese people, but you know what? I don't even know if most Japanese people know how to fold them. Right. It's the typical folding thing, but they're actually not the easiest thing to fold. I think this is easier to fold than a paper crane. Um, and so the box that I showed you is easier than a paper crane. Paper right. cranes are really fun, and they're not that hard, but they're not the easiest thing. So I, I don't usually start with a paper crane. <laughs> I I just I think that's I it's so interesting and in society today mm. and even more so I I mean today like as in you know 2020 but also mm-hmm. specifically right now mm. it's fascinating what people are coming out with um as a form of content or entertainment or mm. you know new jobs or new opportunities and we've talked a little a lot on this podcast about you know media and what's going to happen with the media out the back of this you know, mm. coronavirus crisis and how it feels like maybe and hopefully New Zealand has started to catch up with the rest of the world. You know, we can do these things from home. For a long time, New Zealand has, yes. has been, oh, you know, we've now got the capacity to work remotely, but New Zealand never has really gone that path. It's almost mm. like we've got a little bit of that British in us where we've kind of gone, oh, we can't leave the, the, the peasant workers at home by themselves. They won't do any work. But at the end of this, what I'm hoping is that businesses, big businesses will see actually these people are, are as effective, if not more effective, working from home. And mm-hmm. that sort of thing will become more prevalent. You know, things like people doing independent broadcasts or, um, you know, being a, 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 a decent source of content, not having to rely on necessarily the big uh, networks, etc., etc., etc. America is brilliant at, for example, having their radio hosts work from home. You know, no, no mm-hmm. radio host in America goes into a studio. They have a studio built in their house, and they just network to them all. And, and I think that's amazing, and it's a great way to work. And at the end of this coronavirus shutdown, and I don't mean New Zealand, I mean across the globe. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's going to be a whole bunch of new jobs, new innovation, new ways of doing things, you know, reintroduce things that are going to benefit 
us as a people and society in general. I mean, working mm-hmm. from home, if you can do your job from home, let's say you live in Auckland. I mean, Dunedin's a bit different because everything's five minutes here. But if you're living in Auckland, wouldn't you rather work nine to five at home and not mm-hmm. have to leave the house eight in the morning and get home at six mm-hmm. at night? For you, sure. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it seems yeah. good for business, good for the personal life, good for the family. Yeah. Win, win, win. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I def- I totally agree. I think a lot of things are going to change, uh, and and especially in LA too, is that maybe some of these companies will realize that oh, we don't need to pay for a building in the middle yeah. of the Valley Hills, um, and and that's it's gonna. Some people are gonna work really well yep. remotely, and some people are gonna have a really hard time. And I know I did talk to somebody actually in my origami workshop the other day who was saying that it takes him a lot longer to work now because he can't just see his coworkers face to face anymore, but he has to yep. do quite a long run around. So I guess for some people it's um, either reworking how to be efficient and how to communicate efficiently when you're, when you don't get to be face to face. But I know that for some people and some businesses, it really does help to be in a different environment. And as somebody who has worked from home a lot, it's, it's nice to have a separate working space too. Yeah. And so, um, creating that not that i've ever had that <laughs> i think it would be nice one day <laughs> well i have had i i work from, i've worked with home for a long time but i've yeah. had a couple of times where i've had offices or studios like i've got a studio in central Dunedin at the moment but i'm if i can't use it mm. i have to question is it viable the people who the building that it's in is amazing and they've supported us in making this thing and they've supported us all the way through i'm incredibly loyal to them But if this was to go on, let's say I wasn't able to get to it really for the rest of the year, or let's say because of the lockdown, there are no people coming through Dunedin to to converse with, to have a conversation with, because Mm. we've been told to stay regional until the end of the year. I I think it's not going to happen, but if that was the case, then I'm really going to have to question it. And I don't want to leave the environment that I've just literally finished building like a week before the lockdown. (laughs) Oh, there's my alarm going off. I was going to get sprung at some stage, wasn't I? Um, but in saying that as well, the idea I've got a downstairs sort of family room about mm. walling off a third of that and turning it into the studio at home, there's, I'm mm. pretty, and I mean, like as in, not like this, you know, makeshift, actually turning it into a proper, you know, multi-camera, multi-miked studio at home. Something about that's pretty bloody exciting too. To be able to go, yeah. you know, like I'm I'm having a chat tomorrow with Brad Owen, who's a professional poker player out of Los uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. For for someone to come back to me and go, oh look, you can have such and such, but you know you got to go now. And for me to go, okay, well I'll just walk 18 meters downstairs to my studio and let's go for it, sort of thing. Something mm-hmm. quite exciting about that as well. Yeah. Well, technology is letting us do all this now. The fact I, I love Zoom. <laughs> I know Zoom is the thing right now. It's great. Yep. And um, yeah, and you, when my through just learning about being a YouTube me a YouTube uh, creator and be, and going to all these workshops, you learn how to how to light yourself and how to just how to just make an environment that looks good on camera, I guess. And so it's if everybody can do that and have good sound, then that's your um, then it makes everyone's job a bit easier. We don't yeah. all have to be in the same place. I know that a lot of celebrities are, are loving it because they can be on on Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show and not have to leave the house. Totally. And people who are watching it love it because they get to see Jimmy Fallon with his family and and they just get to. I mean, I don't know how it would continue this way, 
But I am sure that a lot of, I mean, all the comments I've been seeing is, you know, they're not going to, the TV execs aren't going to want to go back to, you know, what it used to be when they see that. Oh, and, and I, I, I think what Zoom has done is it's the final iteration of home studios, really. I mean, I'm speaking into it. This is not one of my good mics. This is like one of my B mics. So it's just a, mm-hmm. a Rode podcaster. I've got better mics in my studio. But mm-hmm. I'm running it through a, a desk and then, you know, going back through um, uh, broadcast software as well as through Zoom. And mm-hmm. I could be the, the sound. I know the sound coming out of this is basically studio quality, much like yourself. So it sounds like if people just listen to this on iTunes, like listen to the audio version, you could be in the room with me. Because you have a decent mic, I have a decent mic. And in, in the old days, working in radio, the old days, 10 years ago, the old days, um, to have a decent quality line from outside of the studio took quite a lot of professional equipment. Whereas now, if you've got a decent mic and you've got Zoom, you can dial into any studio, television, or radio anywhere in the world. And all they've got to do mm-hmm. in the radio studio is put up the the, the, the audio fader from this feed and, and you can be talking to them in real time it's yeah i i think that this is kind of the wake-up call i think things will change after after this lockdown especially mm. in new zealand where for example radio hosts can go well i'll just build a studio at home from now on i wonder if that's going to happen like i was yeah. with i used to work for nzme and when i was working in the cook street building which they no longer have the building they have now is bigger and more expensive i think it was four stories four stories in central auckland 54 cook street gosh who knows each of those floors must have been 200 square meters and you know you could have you could have an office with all the technical (laughs) stuff and you could have people working from home that must reduce your outgoings by i don't know let's say five to ten million a year straight away Mm -hmm. yeah so sure makes sense to me Mm -hmm. but but then what do i know (laughs) yeah so the word in uh, Los Angeles at the moment is you've got this freedom to get around. Are there any are there any talks or anything about when gigs and that will start coming back, or have you been doing online gigs? What have you been doing yourself? Uh, yeah, I've done a couple. We I did one recently to it's, it was called the Uncancelled Festival, and I right. think it might still be happening. And I think even if venues and if anyone is listening and owns a venue in uh, in New Zealand uh, or just wants to curate, I think it's an it might be a continuing thing. I need to check but it's called the Uncancelled Festival. And it was basically just to help venues because, you know, I was mentioning people who suffer the most and I yeah. actually think it's the venues more than the artists because artists can, you know, I mean, a lot of people live do live gigs now for tips and all sorts of things. Um, and it's the venues can't do anything. And so, but they've got to pay rent on a building that they can't do any business out of and possibly employees too and now the mayor of LA is considering I haven't heard if it's um, for sure yet but he's considering cancelling all shows for the rest of the year and all sporting events so I've heard that too I've heard him say yeah. nothing till 2022 and of course the owner of the Lakers went what you can't do that 2022 but, yeah I thought I heard that him say that maybe I'm wrong maybe I feel like it's too soon to say 2022 let's not put, <laughs> but let's not put out fake news eh I'll, I'm not sure, but I'll have a look uh, while we're talking. <laughs> um, yeah, because one thing I do hate is that fake news. I just had it again this morning. Someone, <laughs> someone telling me about um, how um, you know something in tonic water is the latest cure for for <laughs> coronavirus. And I and I the thing that frustrates me more than anything 
mm. else is it took me one search, 15 <laughs> seconds to find the debunking of this point. And people, yeah. people just post things all the time. People are constantly sharing. And so, yeah, I tend not to share those types of things. I just, <laughs> I, people talk about how, you know, um, here we go. Uh, I've got it right here. Uh, Los Angeles Mayor Eric uh, Gassetti said, I mm know, -hmm. oh it's 2021, uh, large gatherings like sporting events or concerts may not resume in the city before 2021 as the US grapples with the coronavirus. So there, you're right, 2021. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, people talk about the, the death of the news and the, the, the splurge of fake news and how social media is doing all And it's like, no, a person has to post that. You know, I, I, with the great, I was going to say with the greatest respect to this person, then say something really horrible about them. So I'll just say I won't say either of those things. They had to choose to go, oh, look, this is that someone says that I can cure coronavirus with bloody tonic water. I'll post that. So, it's, the, and like I said, I put the, the, the element in tonic water, put coronavirus, and the very first result that came up was saying how it's not. It's fake. Mm. It's, and mm. just do you, all I'm asking is people, do your research. Just just research. Just search it once before you post it. Yeah. One search. Yeah. One search, please. Yeah. So that's why I wanted yeah. to check that because I really do, I hate putting out wrong information <laughs> if at all necessary. So yes. Yeah. So 2021. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a long time away, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and at the same time, it's not. It's uh, yeah. now, I mean, when we first, uh, when this first happened, I thought the lockdown would be two weeks. Right. And then it was a month. And now it's going to be two months. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, potentially it could be, it could be more than, uh, beyond that. Um, and, and at the very least, even if we go back to whatever life is, there aren't going to be concerts mm. um, for us as musicians, live events. I don't know. So I, I really felt like at the beginning of the year, you know, I, I usually pray at the beginning of the year and say, God, what's the theme? And I felt like God said to me, your theme this year is to let go. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Let go means so many different things. And almost like, so with almost every situation, I have to ask myself, okay, <clears throat> what does let go mean in this particular situation? <laughs> but it's been a really great, it's kind of just exactly what I needed. It's made this year incredibly easy for me because I haven't really held on to anything and just kind of, you know, at first I wasn't going to tour Japan. And then <clears throat> and then one, a few conversations we had into the beginning of the year, it looked like we were going to tour Japan. Right. And so I had to let go of the thought of not touring Japan. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm in. All right, we're in. And then a few months later, or a month or two later, this, you know, the coronavirus hit Japan. And then we hadn't announced the tour yet, thankfully. Yep. And so like, okay, let go of that. Cool. So I was like, okay, cool. And then we got all booked for all these shows in the US instead. I was like, that's awesome. And then a few weeks later, the virus caught up here. And all those got cancelled. was like, okay, cool. Whatever happens, like, it's all good. So, so it's been uh, it's been great for me to have those those words to hold on to. That this year for uh, for me is just like a a let go, let God do whatever is happening. Um, not that not that I believe that God. Um, made this virus happen right. or anything like that, but but uh, at least for me, I, that's that's just the piece that I've held on to. And the hardest thing for me is just to watch, um, is to watch the hurricane happen around, you know, and and just feel so um, 
so heartbroken for people who are losing families. Yeah. You know, I have a friend who lost his aunt to the virus. That's um, terrible. <clears throat> yeah, and, and to see people, you know, suffer from this and not just from the virus but from the fallout and to lose their livelihood and lose everything. I mean, that is heartbreaking and and I don't really know what to do either because it's, I mean, there's only so much I can do. Can't fix the economy. And the, and the idea of letting go is, it, it makes me think, you know, when you have no control, what else can you do? When you yeah. have, you know, when you literally can't, can literally, figuratively, <coughs> absolutely not do anything about it. I guess other than you, you can control what you do. You know, you can control mm. how you act. But mm. on the bigger picture, if you can't do anything, then all you can do is sort of just... You know, I remember, I can't remember who it was, but someone talking about putting your problems into a bubble and blowing them away, mm. just kind of letting them go and, yeah. and saying, yeah. I, I can't do anything about this. Mm. Do you feel... And, you know, tipping my friends on Venmo when they're performing live, I'm like, yes. I'm going to support you. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> yeah, so, and, 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 yeah. and doing that. And, and it's another conversation that's been come up. It's like the way through this is, and it might sound a bit of a formal word, but it's sort of loyalty. Loyalty is the way out the other end of this. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you, what you've just said is loyalty to your friends, tipping them on Venmo, mm. you know. Loyalty to the media outlet that you don't want to see fold at the end of it, so use their advertisers. Loyalty to those independent broadcasters who have Patreons that you want to support. It's 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 loyalty to Air New Zealand when they come back and, you know, when in New Zealand we're allowed to travel around going from Auckland to Queenstown because you can't go to Queensland. Mm. It's It's supporting those around you and having more of a um, an outward-looking expression rather than worrying mm. about the self and how am I going to get through this. It is that the mm. worry for humanity, how are we going to get through this? And yeah. I guess I wonder sometimes, and and again, um, you know, I, I, I love talking about America. I love America in general and that, but there is this idea of individualism and, you know, the I in America, the, the, the you know, my rights, my independence, you know, I, I wonder if that becomes more difficult, you know, this idea of how do we pay for a public health system and the rest of the world's kind of going, well, you just pay for it. You, you know, the rest of us do it. You, you just, you find, you don't even have to find the money. You just, yeah. you, you just do it, you know, yeah. and, and, and people saying, you know, American right wing politicians at the moment saying uh, if we give them a, a universal um uh, limited benefit, whatever it's called, the U, anyway, the benefit for, for six months, they might expect help after that. And it's like, well, what's wrong with someone expecting help? You know, it's a, this is, we've got to bind together or, or become bound together to get through this kind of thing. I mean, those corporations get help, don't they? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. One of the, For all the jobs that they give people when yeah. really they're just replacing everyone with computers. Yeah, well, Walmart <laughs> so. is the biggest receiver of corporate welfare in America. They underpay it's their so staff. Crazy. And then, yeah. So crazy. Yeah. And so I'd rather like have the government have that. But um, but yeah, I but I would say just kind of like what you were saying, though, is that that doesn't um, speak for all Americans um, or all. Uh, and I one thing that I feel like needs to get huge, uh, the thing that needs to get addressed before the universal health care, too, although maybe it just goes hand in hand, is just the fact that medicine is so expensive yeah here that that seems to be the big issue is that why does a band-aid cost six hundred dollars in the first place you know it's like wait a minute and so there's no kind of standard one thing and i know that that's probably just because being so highly privatized and pharmaceutical companies seem to hold such a 
working. And then the problem, I mean, just comes back to just health in general. The food, um, the FDA and the food is um, has so much junk pumped into it here. And then, so everyone's eating food that makes them sick. And then they have drugs to feel better. But the problem probably comes down to food. <laughs> and mm. what they're eating is making them sick and then vulnerable to the virus too. So the, it's just this kind of spiral. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think um, I was talking to the Minister of Health in one of our podcasts probably 18 months ago, mm. um, and I asked him a similar question about the cost of things in America, and he said one of the reasons that the cost of you know drugs and medical help in America is so expensive is because it's A, done insurance – and then be costed out as a one-off. So in New Zealand, if we buy product X, we buy our government um, buys a million units of it. And so obviously mm. at a million units, it costs a lot less per unit. And then the government mm. still subsidizes it before they pass it on to the consumer. Mm. In America, when you're, a, when you're a customer or a patient is probably the right word, although customer mm. in that system might be better. Uh, when you're a patient, then your medication is priced out as, to, as a one, a one-off. And so obviously mm. per capita, it's much more expensive. And of course we know, you know, if you put a ding in your car, if you ding your front panel of your car and the panel beater gives you a quote for an insurance job, it's always three times the amount for a, a quote that if he does it for cash under the table sort of thing. So I think that when everything's paid for by uh, insurance, you it's always more because that's mm. how insurance, I mean, it's disgusting, but that's how insurance companies add a zero. That's what they do. It's what the the end user does to, to, to make their slice out of it as well. Yeah. I think David Clark, who's our Minister of Health, who's a little bit in the bad books at the moment based on some stuff he's done in this this current climate, going off to the beach when he was supposed to be isolated. Um, he just basically, because yeah, I asked him that question, I said, how do you explain to our American friends how we do it? And he went, we just decide to do it. Mm. That's it. It's like, we just, we just yeah. make a decision and we do it. Mm-hmm. And then when you see America, what do they find? Some odd trillion dollars for this current climate they're going through like for all the supporting of businesses like a trillion dollars or something and it's like what if you can find that for this world pandemic why can't you find a portion of that for free healthcare? it's it's just a will to do it and it doesn't seem to be the will to do it even amongst the so-called savior democrats to the world there's not a will for them to do it so it won't get done Mm. which is sad which is sad for the people of america uh, even doubly at the moment because what happens is people are losing their jobs massive amounts of people are losing their jobs and with losing their jobs a lot of them are then losing their health insurance mm. and so it's a double whammy so they've lost their jobs they lost their income and then if they get sick they've got a $30,000 bill to get treatment for coronavirus it's just mm. I don't know uh, I don't I don't know um, enough <laughs> to really say too much about it but no. They do have um, like Medicare and Medi-Cal for people who I think have recently lost their jobs mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I think there are options. But again, like we were saying at the very beginning, it is state by state. Yeah. It's very, it's very different. So I, we just got covered by Medi-Cal because for the longest time I've been uninsured because I didn't wow. know. And it, just, and it was too expensive really? too, and too limiting. For someone who tours a lot, because they're like, you have to pay three or four hundred dollars a month, but we, but then you can you can only go to this doctor. And I was like, what if I get sick in Iowa? They're like, yeah, we don't cover that. It's like, well, <laughs> are you gonna pay three or four hundred dollars to like not be covered everywhere? Ah, so, so um, but then I found out that you know I wasn't earning enough to right. 
So I'm like, oh, okay. So I got Medi-Cal now. I had, um, um, do you know, you know the band, the Lads? They used to be around in the, yes. yeah. Um, friends from there, they used to, I'm, I'm, I'm mates with a couple of the guys that are there. They were living in Nashville for a long time and they would leave every, I don't know what the time period was. Maybe it was 18 months and have to come back to New Zealand as part of their visa. And then every time they came back to New Zealand, they'd get travel insurance. And so mm. they were covered constantly as they lived in America by travel insurance out of New Zealand because their mm -hmm. visa saw them as, I don't know whether it was an 18-month working visa or something like that. So, mm. yeah, so that's how they did it. I guess people try and find their ways around it sort of thing as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, New Zealand health uh, care is great. Japanese health care is also great. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm interested, uh, the comment you made about, uh, you know, uh, the letting go, the prayer and the praying thing. You're in a you're in a part of the world that is seen as being not necessarily California or Los Angeles, but America as being quite uh, sort of a, a Christian country. Certainly a lot of what you hear coming out of America is based on, you know, uh, God and country and that sort of thing. Is there a vibe amongst people you know, friends, people who are maybe also affiliated with, uh, you know, a belief in God that that how do, how do they approach what's going on at the moment is there any kind of uh blame going on for what is going or is there any sort of you know this is a place to find respite from what's going on at the moment what does that feel uh, like what do you mean the coronavirus uh, stuff like what what are people looking to to try and get through this is there are, are most people who are involved in sort of the uh, the, the church world or the, the belief in god world I mean, mm. that's assuming that you have some friends who run in those circles. I'm just saying coming out mm. of America, that seems to always be quite a high on the topic. You know, uh, yeah. is, is that, you know, God and country, God is a big part of the community, a big part yeah. of society. Do you, do, you um, get, do you get a feeling as to, is, is, the, is God put in the middle of this coronavirus situation at the moment? And if, if he or she, God is, what's the outcome? What are people thinking about it? I can only speak for my community yep <laughs> so i you know i've got no idea what's happening in the south you know um and in the very christian uh, states right i only know you know my church and how we are dealing with it right now um and so i guess for us we're just trying to to you know um the church that i'm part of um is just very justice driven and mm -hmm. so we're very much along the lines of okay how can well god's well we believe god's got us through this and he's he's gonna bless us through this so how can we what can we do to support and so it's been really nice they we have like um there you know this ability for and for any of us really to get prayer to connect on zoom to uh have community with each other every day of the week during this and we have services online um, which we watch together and um, and just just address this anxiety, but to to look to God through all of this to provide for us and and to see how we can serve and love people. So it's been really nice to kind of get these emails going. How are you? Do you need food? Do you need nice. anything right now? You know what? How can we serve you? And would you? And if your financial situation is good would you be willing to or able to support maybe other people in our church that aren't or can't and then on top of that we like support different ministries around the world too and people in poor countries and so you know how do we 
help them through this too because they're obviously having to go through stuff too so <clears throat> that's where the focus is i feel right now um i know our church is very careful about um i guess what we call the political spirit which we believe is not uh, from god and so um we often talk about how important it is for us especially our past especially if she sees stuff on facebook or she sees people arguing on facebook she tries to shut that down pretty quickly <laughs> and um and yeah and not get so caught up in the politics of it and get so aggressive and angry at each other or blame each other so right. the messages i've been hearing lately is like humility <laughs> you know let's be how do we it's really important that we have humility in this time that we're not blaming people that mm. we're not accusing people of things but to really just come beside people and love them and and be Jesus, you know, to the world, but receive that love too. So <laughs> receive that love first because you can't give out what you don't have, right? So so it sounds like you're yeah. talking about the more looking afters and widows and orphans aspect of the faith. Being yeah, near people. So. Yeah, that's cool. And just build community and love each other. I mean, I think that's what the church is supposed to do. And we can do that without... Um, without through social distancing and through zoom too mm. and i was watching um i don't know if you got to see it but uh, rick warren who wrote a really big book called the purpose-driven life um which sold like has sold the most copies next to the bible actually in the world i think right wow um and rick warren so he like he kind of oversees apparently there's a million pastors around the world or something who who basically looked to him for leadership wow and so uh anderson cooper interviewed him and i think they're, they're good friends and so Anderson Cooper interviewed him on CNN and said, hey, you know, uh, is, is Easter going to get canceled this year? <laughs> you know, and this was before Easter. And, and Rick Warren said, well, you know, Easter happened 2000 years ago, so it can't really be canceled. <laughs> I mean, it's already happened. But um, but no, I mean, we're just going to he basically said the same thing. You know, we can still love people. We can still give to the community. We can still connect through Zoom. But he said the most important thing that pastors need to do right now is protect the flock. And protecting the flock right now means not meeting in person yep. and to isolate and to support, find other ways to connect and support. So I think he's been training or he's been offering um, uh, a way to train a lot of people and a lot of churches who maybe aren't so tech savvy to you know, build that so that they can connect online and have services online. And I think that's another area you'll probably see um, explode after this is finished. Like every every kind of not-for-profit, every church, every has, has now got themselves set up that they can show their meetings or show their services or show their whatevers every Sunday. And you'll probably find that the number of uh, broadcast and recorded um, messages and services will probably go up because people now have it in place because they have to. It's, mm -hmm. it's been a necessity for, of life for this period, so they've done it. Yes. Yes. Are you um, are you similar that when you see the, you know the the the, I'm I'm going to pick a brand because I can because I think I saw one. You know the the Southern Baptist minister talking about we're going to have church anyway. Our people are going to come together. It kind of goes oof. It's a bit cringy. What are they doing? Because it's the it seems to be the opposite of the whole um, looking after the flock. I think it's such an easy, it's such a good example to use is that mm. literal flock and shepherd. Like you know, if the, uh, the 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 shepherd's job is to make sure the sheep all get home safely after they've been out grazing for the day. Mm. So yeah, it's a bit of a cringe yeah. fest when that happens. Yeah, it's a little um, you know, it's I think it's 
it's sad. <laughs> I also wonder uh, there, there is that there. You know, maybe maybe again, it's a bit of a British throwback, but maybe we in New Zealand are a little bit more okay. We'll we'll do what we're told. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be yeah. necessarily a a, a a trait. And obviously, I'm not saying all America, but through parts of America mm. and some Americans seem to be much more. Um, uh, open to saying, well, you, I'm, I'm American. You don't tell me what to do. Freedom, yeah, God, liberty, freedom. that sort of stuff. Yeah. So. And yeah, and I think there is a fear um, that drives a lot of people here of maybe the government oppressing them. You know, mm. to partly to do with the history, I think, of you know what they left behind yeah. in in England and in the UK and came to a land of freedom and and I think you know so much. And this country is very free in so many ways, and then maybe less than others. But I mean, what is freedom too? You know, it's that's freedom comes with great responsibility. And so, I mean, I think in some ways you see Japan that has a lot of freedom. And I don't like that the government hasn't um, enforced and, and I guess they don't feel like they're able to because of what happened with the war and now the constitution right. says the government can no longer dictate what the people do. So they can't actually force everyone on lockdown. And so, but if, but if all the people are responsible, then there's less enforcement that needs to take place. You know, um, people can drink alcohol outside in Japan, but they can't hear um, you can't go out to the beach and take alcohol with you here because right. people haven't been responsible. Whereas right. in Japan, people can do that because they haven't gone crazy. Right. So, well, sometimes they do, but you know, it's not to the extremes. And so, I feel like with um, with freedom comes great responsibility. Are you going to prove that you are responsible enough to handle this freedom? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that feels like my big question. And then in Japan, the fact that the virus didn't explode and take off, meant that people were wearing masks, they were washing their hands, they were doing a lot of great things to, and clean, and they just, they clean a lot, just in general. You see people at the train station all the time cleaning things that already look clean. They're wow. always cleaning. So um, I think that has helped a lot and maybe continues to help even though they haven't locked down the country. Um, I wanted to ask you, I know we're coming up to a finish up time though. I wanted yeah. to ask you one other question, and it, it might be a bit of a tenuous link, so bear with me. Okay. Were you in Japan for the earthquake and the tsunami? Are you were living mm -hmm. there at the time, but were you actually in Japan when that happened? Yeah. And I know that that was incredibly different, and I'm not comparing the two. But what I'm wondering is the the vibe, the vibe. It's, I don't mean to be flippant. The no, feeling, no. the heart, the way people reacted to the aftermath of that and the feeling they have do you get any sense that you know we're going through a crisis right now where also thousands if not millions of people are going to die do you get a sense of any kind of similarity in the grief or the outpouring of what we're going through now although acknowledging they're completely different I don't want to compare the tragedies but the way people are reacting to it afterwards i'm interested for yourself who was there and, and saw and went through it mm -hmm. is, is there can you see any parallels is there anything that feels similar to what <laughs> totally. we're going through now <laughs> yeah yeah i've i've even used it to describe um to uh i guess put people at ease if possible because i um we were in we felt it's the biggest earthquake of my life even though we were in tokyo 
we weren't at the epicenter, but it was the biggest earthquake earthquake I've ever been in. We were underground um, in a subway train, wow. and which had stopped at a station, and then it shook and uh, and then it shook a lot. So we got off the subway, but you know we just kind of was crouching on the wall as if that was going to do anything, and <laughs> the subway was snaking. And then you know go on, but the phones don't don't um, connect. But you go on Twitter, and and then we you know, we walked three hours home, and. And the whole time we're just hearing, you know, people like this is, you know, tsunami might be coming, be careful and all the stuff. And then and then I think we saw a TV, some people's eyes were glued to the TV and then we'd stop by like um, 7-Elevens and there would just be like glass smashed everywhere with people cleaning up wine bottles and things. And it was just really eerie and weird. And um and then we started to see people's eyes glued to the screen and started to see the tsunami and it was terrifying. And I went up there um, and then that, that week was really strange and it really felt like this. It felt like, you know, toilet paper ran out, toilet paper and water, those are the two things that ran out. I guess everyone is, it's everyone reacts in the same way. <laughs> Every, everyone's drinking and everyone's pooping. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. So, uh, yeah, and so um, it was funny. One of my friends, I think, had a bunch of toilet paper, and so he made a th toilet paper throne and put his baby on it and took a photo <laughs> of it. It's <was> like <laughs> teasing everyone who couldn't buy any. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was weird because of the nuclear reactor. So, obviously, with this tragic thing had happened, thousands of people had died, um, and and we saw it live. We saw it happen live and couldn't do anything about it. Wow. And the people who were at the epicenter had no idea what was happening, really. I mean, I talk, spoke to one girl who said she was in her car for two days. Wow. She's in the middle of nowhere. She was driving and then she couldn't drive anywhere because all the roads were gone. And she didn't know that it, she was like, she didn't know that a tsunami had come and all this other stuff. She was just, she had no access to anything. So uh, it was, it was weird. And then the nuclear accident, you know, there was just weird rumors going around, um, texts of like, just, you know, just the weirdest things, fake news and, and fear. And everyone wore masks because we couldn't see, just like the virus, we couldn't see what was happening. And people started buying out all the, you know, um, radio, like active sensors, mm -hmm. I forgot what you call them, but the meters and, Geiger meters. And a lot of and a lot of my friends moved actually. Um, some of my musician friends moved out of Tokyo and went um, and still to this day live out uh, west because they don't want to be close to Fukushima. Um, it was it was it was really similar. But in saying that, uh, it really helped prepare me for this season, I think. And at that time, I, my eyes were glued to the news, and I was constantly absorbing the same news over and over and over, right. even though it was the same thing. So I started going a little crazy, which is why this time I'm just pacing myself because it's not my job, obviously, to, to report. One of my friends works for a Japanese newspaper, and so she has to do this all day, every day. I feel so bad for her. She's like, I'm going crazy. But, uh, but yeah, so I just pace myself now because that was just making me really anxious. But, um, but in saying that the thing that makes me stronger now is to see what happened afterwards and i went up to the tsunami stricken areas a couple of months after we played we went we continued to go up there all my musician friends we would play at schools and places and there would literally be cars flipped on top of grave graveyards and wow. the smell of it was just like 
fish everywhere. It was just, it was, and you'd see ships like shipwrecked inland. And it was, it was just, I can't even forget those scenes or the smells, all the sights. But the people came together like never before, the love, the compassion, people from all over the world came to help. Still to this day, some people still live there um, and support those people. And so much good also came out of this mm -hmm. that I just believe that it's the same thing is happening, that it's so hard right now, but sometimes we, the world needs a wake up call. And in some ways we all get it together. You know, the enemy is not, we're not each other. Yeah. The enemy is something that is not human. Yeah. So if anything, we can come together this time, which is really exciting to me that we actually have a reason to come together and to support each other, love each other, fight with each other and, um, and figure out and reassess what's really important in our lives and in our hearts and go, okay, um, what is actually most important to me? It's my family. It's my loved ones. It's, food you know it's <laughs> not it's being it's not having ten thousand like, it's not having a hundred thousand followers on yeah, yeah, yeah whatever it's not all that stuff it's not even the shows and the tours it's um you know yeah so so you hope you, you, you've been through an experience which enables you now to have ho hope for what's going to come next mm -hmm. yeah and i guess that's a it's quite a nice place to wrap up, perhaps. Yeah. Anything, I guess so. <laughs> anything else you want to say or do to finish off with? I mean, there'll be people watching both that are already sort of your followers and your fans. Is there anything you want to wrap up with? Yeah. Um, you know, I would. I don't know when I'll get to go to New Zealand next, especially now that all this has happened. Um, but I would love to. If anyone has listened to these stories and and has never heard my music before, but you'd like to check it out, um, please come and find me. Cam McDowell, I have, I'm on Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube and, and, um, and all sorts of things. Instagram, maybe even TikTok. I might be giving some origami tutorials and I might do some free online workshops too. So please come find me and connect with me. Subscribe to my newsletter and, and I'll let you know when the next workshop's happening. Yeah, for sure. And we'll definitely put all your links in the, um, yeah. certainly on Facebook and send them out as well so people can yeah. have a squiz and have a look and, and, and I'm, I'm going to get my kids onto some of that origami when they're uh, back oh, with yeah. me next week and we'll have some fun. Yeah, that'll be so fun. All right, Kat. Hey, you're a legend. Oh, you too. Thank you so much for reaching out. It's been so great to reconnect with you yeah, and no, hear about lovely. what's happening in New Zealand from your perspective. And look, we um, we we won't leave it another several years to connect again. I guess the thing that I realized, yeah. I was a, a bit of an arrogant, pompous prick, and I was like, I don't, I only want to do podcasts if the person's in the studio with me. You know, that's that's how I do it. It's got to be in person. And because you're now forced to change how you do things, I'm like, oh. This ain't so bad. I can, <laughs> I can talk to people in Los Angeles and, and, and tomorrow Las yeah. Vegas and earlier yeah. on in London. And so, yeah, I've, I've come down off my pedestal and thinking that means we can do this kind of thing whenever we want. So it's been a blast. Yeah. And yeah. Um, thanks for giving us some time today. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thank you. Alrighty then, team. There you go. Uh, the podcast today has been brought to you in part by our Patreon. If you're interested in supporting what we do, financially speaking, then head to patreon.com 
forward slash the D-O-C-N-Z. Got a busy week coming up for you in the podcasting world here in the Department of Conversation. Uh, coming up next, he's a professional poker player out of Las Vegas. His name is Brad Owen. He'll be in Tuesday live at 11 a.m. on the live stream. Uh, Tim Giles is coming along on the Wednesday. Jason Farfoy as well up on Thursday along with former Z singer Nathan King. He's coming up later in the week as well. Stay safe, wash your hands, hug someone that you love, watch something on the telly that makes you laugh. But until we see you next time, hooroo.